three, two, one, clap. You were a full two seconds late for that, bro. <laughs> There's this thing called latency. There's this thing called latency. It's not important that it's at the same... Well, do you want to do it again? Three, two, one, clap. There we go. Nailed it. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 14, recorded on February 13th, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about inclusive terminology. Because that's the thing, they introduced the ribbon and a bunch of new shortcuts for everything, but they they grandfathered in. Um, is that an inclusive term, grandfathered? I'm not sure. No, it's not. It is. It is. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna take a brief grant, uh, tangent for me to explain why grandfathered is problematic. Um, one of the things I've been working on recently is uh, I'm uh, the de facto editor for these uh, inclusive terminology guidelines for um, the insights and uh, tech specs. And uh, the document lists a bunch of terms you should avoid. There's only one term that has a lengthy explanation. And uh, because all the other ones are fairly straightforward, why they're problematic, and so they don't need an explanation. But we had to add a lengthy one for grandfathered because people kept asking why it was problematic. Um, so I'll just explain here, just so that you know, so that more people know and, let, and fewer people ask me. Uh, uh, a grandfather clause was uh, a type of law that was uh, passed in the American South post Civil War. Um, that was intended to uh, uh, suppress um, the ability of African Americans to vote. So the basic idea is you would pass a law that says to be eligible to vote, um, your grandfather must have been eligible to vote. And if you were somebody who was a slave uh, um, and who was freed after the Civil War and your your parents were probably slaves and your grandparents were slaves, then you were not be, you would not be eligible to vote. So essentially it was a law that said black people can't vote, just, you know, goes through some, uh, some hoops to get there. So yeah, don't use grandfathered, grandfather clause, grandfathering. Um, those terms are now grandfathered. That is, uh, that is way worse than I, th- like clearly grandfathered is a gendered term, which is why. See, that's, that's what, I... yeah. And that's what, that's what everybody immediately thinks is they think either gendered or that it's ageist. That's yeah. what, that's what people's uh, reaction is. But no, it's actually, it's, it, it can be those things too, but it's also racist. Uh, so that's the thing is I, I immediately said it because that is the word that was stored in my brain. Yep. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, that's that's gendered, probably not inclusive. Uh, and so then I asked, I was not expecting that. Um, so, yeah, that is. Uh, and so what is there? A, what's are we going to are we going to brainstorm? What's the alternative? Um, um, hang on. I, I ironically, I had that the document open in another tab because I was working on it this morning. The alternatives that we recommend are legacy or historical. Yeah, legacy shortcuts. Yeah, that's good. Um, the 2003 legacy shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, and if you if, if anybody has better ideas for alternatives, send me a DM or smoke smith. Well, now, not that I want to, you know, veer off of talking about yeah, Excel. We yeah. um, well, no, but, but I have a question. Uh, what is the alternative to first class? Because ah, that's... This, that's 
<laughs> this is like the biggest. Um, the, uh, ironically, that is actually the, the entry right after grandfather in this document. So I don't even have to scroll. Um, so the reason that first class is, is problematic is that, you know, it, it has connotations of, um, uh, you know, political or societal systems uh, where there's inherent uh, uh, striation, you know, like where there's like one, one type of people uh, has more rights than other types of people. Um, so the alternatives that we suggest is if you're just using first class with um, then something like core, built-in, top level. I think I got all of those from the Google um, documentation uh, guide, uh, their section on inclusive terminology. Um, and uh, if you're using the term like first-class citizen, um, you could potentially replace citizen with um, entity, feature, facility, something like that. So I've, I've been using, like, uh, top level a lot um, as a replacement. Um, it, is a tr- it is a term that comes up a lot in programming languages, you know, because we often talk about first-class entities in a programming language, which is something that's sort of, um, uh, you know, like we talk about whether or not a programming language, whether functions are first-class or not, um, you know, whether you can store a function to a variable, um, et cetera. Like in C++, functions are not top level. Um, uh, but in a lot of functional programming languages, they are. Um, so it is certainly something that I think you and I as programming language geeks, uh, come across more frequently. Well, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to be controversial, but like I am, I'm completely on board with, you know, master domain, you know, blacklist, whitelist to allow list, deny list, uh, uh, grandfathered to legacy. Those make zero difference for me. Um, and, and obviously it makes or it, it's more inclusive and it, it makes it, it makes more people feel comfortable um, and, and whatever not so so it does make a difference to me like it, it's better to use the the alternative first class all of those alternatives like cause confusion um, like so I'm, I'm in the midst of listening to uh, the most recent Lex Friedman podcast who, where they he, they've got Brandon Ike he has Brandon Ike on who's the JavaScript creator and later went on to work at Mozilla and is now working at Brave. Um, they've probably used the word first class, like, I wouldn't be surprised, not, I'm not exaggerating, like, 50 plus times, because when asked, you know, what is the, what do you think the best thing is about JavaScript that you got right in the early days when he, you know, he wrote it in, you know, it was 10 days was, like, sort of the story, uh, he said first class functions, first class functions, and, and I've recently encountered, uh, the term types as values, and I didn't understand that for like two weeks yeah. because I didn't understand that what they meant as types as values was first class types. Yeah. And um, I like, so I'm, I'm so, I'm completely for like finding a way to use more inclusive language. But when it comes to this, I'm not saying I'm not on board. I just, am, I'm just conflicted about it because when you're, when you're, when you're causing confusion, like first class functions explicit has an explicit meaning and Saying top level functions to me, something got lost, and I don't actually know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but the the issue here is that it's an established uh, term of art. Um, like, there's a difference with grandfathered, which is um, grandfathered is a term that has usage outside of CS, and it doesn't really have a specific usage within CS. Um, Whereas talking about a first class functions, that is a specific term of art specific to our field. 
And it is much harder to replace a specific term of art that is specific to our field. The reason is because wh why do we coin terms of art? The reason that we coin terms of art is that there's not a good word in the broader language for it. So something like grandfathered is much, much, much easier to replace because it's not a specific term of art to our um, industry. It's not something that needed a specific word. So there's plenty of other candidates. Whereas something that is an established term of art is a lot more challenging to replace. Um, so I'll agree with you on that. Um, well, so is there like, so as a, as a industry, as whatever, a, a group of professionals, you know, in, in industry and academia, is, is there still like a push? Cause you know, when I, I don't know how many people listen to Lex Friedman, but he, he often quotes that it's like hundreds of thousands and so hundreds of thousands of people are, you know, potentially for the first time as, you know, working in a certain language or as junior developers in university, uh, they're hearing first class functions for like the first time. So like, I'm, I'm guessing that there's like a non-trivial amount of folks that in the next couple of days are going to hear first class functions for the first time. So like, what is like, do we give up and just say, well, for first class functions, we say it's a term of art, it's okay. Or do we say, no, this is just going to be a long battle and we agree that we're going to relabel it to something, and then you know, after a decade, it happens. Yeah. So the the current guidance that we're giving within standards is when it's a term of art, um, uh, uh, you should introduce a new term of art, and then when you're using the new term of art, you can say you know previously known as or otherwise known as you know old term of art. Interesting. Yeah, um, so I mean, there, it, is, it's 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 the same sort of problem when you're replacing a problematic word um, that uh, has semantic meaning. You know, when there's a, something that's a keyword or where where it's not just something that is a documentation change; it's an actual you know code change to replace the term. Um, uh, you know that if if it's a code change um, uh, uh, to to change the term, then that means that it's probably not something that you can necessarily do overnight. Um, and in which case our guidance is, you know, well, you can try to replace it if possible. And if you can't replace it immediately, then, you know, introduce an alias for it, a new, a new, new word for it. You can continue to support the old word, but in all new material, you should use the, the new term. Um, and then you should try to move towards deprecating the old term. It's the same problem for terms of art. Yeah, that's going to be a long, that's a long road for some of those. Um, yeah. Because that's the thing is, yeah, most most of them, you know, some some people make a stink about it. And I'm like, literally, like, it makes zero difference. <laughs> like, right, right, right. right. You, what you're saying, what you're saying is, what you're saying is that there's very low cost in most yeah. cases to moving towards a new term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, um, like, you know, change, going to GitHub and changing your master branch to make, is literally like, it takes two seconds. And then yeah. people just have to, you know, uh repoint it locally um that that, that that one's a bad example though because that one require that one is one that um requires a code change because they're they're um you know there might be old uh oh, existing like, references that 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 are pointing towards main and whatnot like a better example is is if you're you're using something solely in documentation you know that's that is absolutely 100 percent free um, if it's just a if it's just a word that you're using to describe something, um, uh, like that's that's totally free to change. Or if it's in something that's in an unreleased product, that's that's you know 
Yeah. Totally, yeah. Uh, totally fine. Or, you know, when you are selecting a name for something new, um, it is totally free for you to just pick a different name. Um, yeah, if you've got some readme file that says uh, blacklisted, <laughs> that, that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Um, anyways, we said I said not to go on a digression. Although, I was very curious about your thoughts on um, the first class thing. That yeah, mostly I have, because I have I been... just spending a lot of time thinking about this lately because um i sort of uh accidentally fell into putting it together you know being being the person that's doing the drafting for this document for uh insights so i've been uh i've been spending a good chunk of time the past few months working on that yeah it's you know i it's important stuff um especially when you hear you know the context behind a word that you had no idea, you know, yeah, like yeah. you said, I hear grandfathered and I think, you know, oh, it's just, it's gendered. Is there a gender neutral? Then you find out, oh, it actually comes from this. And you're like, oh yeah, humans suck and we should do better. <laughs> I was reminded of its importance um, uh, this week when uh, it came up in the context of a C++ committee proposal for a data structure that is currently called Stood Colony. Um, and co- and, and it actually sort of illustrates an interesting facet of what we're doing here. There's a bunch of terms on this list of terms to avoid that, like, at first glance, they might seem like they're not something that would ever come up in a tech standard. Like, we have cast on that list, um, and we have, like, widow and orphan on that list. Those ones are a little bit more obvious. But, um, uh, you know, something like colony, you might think, you know, that's not really a, a tech term, right? You know, like... It's not a common name for a data structure. It happens to be the name of this data structure, but um, you know it's unlikely to come up. But as it turns out, like you'd be surprised, um, uh, you know, when in when when tech standards and programmers are searching for a good name for something, they will, you know, uh, look at all of the possible options, and uh, that might include things that you hadn't previously thought of. Um, and so it just like, it reminded me of the importance of this where I was like, oh yeah, that's, uh, I had not previously thought about that one. That one is kind of problematic and this perfectly illustrates why, uh, why we need to not only have guidelines for like when we not need, need to, why we need to not only have a list of terms that are problematic, but also like guidelines for thinking about this because the list is never going to be comprehensive. And so, are you saying that Stood Colony is going to get uh, axed? I think it is unlikely that that will be called Stood Colony. Interesting. Do you? I, I'm just curious. Or is there a leading can? Or is this is, is this is like there's hot like off a, the press? There's like a hundred and fifty email deep thread um, discussing the names here. Um, I think that there there were other reasons why Colony is problematic, but um, I. I do not believe that's, that the name Colony uh, conforms with uh, uh, the ISO and Insights rules with regards to inclusive terminology because we've had a number of people who have objected to it. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be called Colony. I think it'll be called something else. <clears throat> All right, so probably what we'll do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this whole inclusive language uh, bit because now we've probably been talking about this for like 20-plus minutes into its own episode, and we'll call it, I don't know, something like inclusive, uh, in, in, inclusivity in, in language or something. Yeah. Oh, but we're not, even just, do, we're not even done with the Excel stuff. I still got Yeah, like yeah, so we'll, we'll, you're going to hear me say, is that inclusive? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut in myself saying, uh, 
Turns out it's not. Stay tuned for next next time. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Excel. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll we'll loop back to this point now. Um, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Wait, if wait, wait. We, we should. We should. Uh, we should. We should. I should. I'm going to go on a a brief spiel on another thing, which is um, what I believe is one of the core principles of inclusive terminology. At least, at least within the context of standards, this um, principle makes sense. Which is, it it's not a question. So w- when we're dealing with standards, we're often looking for consensus, and uh, consensus doesn't mean majority vote. Um, it's most supposed to mean that, you know, everybody agrees, but, um, consensus means neither a tyranny of the majority nor a tyranny of the minority. So it means you can't just have the majority of people vote out the minority. Um, and you also can't have the minority, you know, indefinitely hold up the majority. Um, and we often are like seek to make decisions by consensus. I mean, we're supposed to make all decisions by consensus, um, and, uh, so I was thinking about, you know, how, how does that play into making decisions about whether terms are inclusive or not? And the conclusion I came to is it is not a question of, you should not be asking the question, do we have consensus that this term is, um, problematic? Um, you should instead be asking the question is, do we have consensus that the term is not problematic. So the reason that that, that the distinction is important there is um, uh, we need, it's a different bar. The bar of um, uh, consensus that the term is problematic um, is a much higher one. It requires essentially everybody to agree that it is problematic. Um, The bar of Consensus that it's not problematic means that if there is a sustained minority that, or if there is a minority that, that has a sustained objection, so a smallish part of the group, not the entire group, but a, you know, a notable chunk of the group has a sustained objection that after discussion, uh, 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 th- there's no you know, resolution to, then you don't have consensus. Um, that's very, that's a very different bar from trying to convince everybody that, that it is problematic. Um, it, it flips it so that instead, if you want to use a particular term and some people think it's problematic, you would need to convince them that it's fine instead of them convincing you that the term is problematic. So it's sort of a, the difference between, you know, um, innocent until proven guilty, um, uh, or, you know, guilty until proven innocent. Um, and I think that's one of the key principles that, uh, folks should keep in mind. Um, and it's, and the other one that, um, is important is that it's not a question of whether the term is objectively, uh, problematic. Um, and you should avoid, entering discussions about whether it's objectively problematic because um, the reason that we avoid problematic terms is because they might be harmful or hurtful or evoke negative, you know, feelings or emotions among certain people. Um, 
non-inclusive terms, it's all about the experience of, you know, impacted individuals, their subjective experience. It's not about whether it's objectively, you know, problematic or not. If somebody is experiencing it, experiencing negative, you know, uh, uh, associations with that term, it doesn't matter, you know, their, their reason. If, if they're legitimately experiencing that, then that is sufficient for it to be a non-inclusive term. Um, and uh, as soon as we get into the world of trying to objectively determine whether a term is uh, problematic or not, um, uh, then it becomes a litigation of uh, the, you know, somebody who's probably from an underrepresented minority in that group and who might have, you know, strong personal um, reactions to the problematic term. And there's just no, like, there's just no good that's going to come of trying to litigate that. So I, I think essentially this, to summarize what I'm saying is that you sort of got to take people at their word. You know, it's sort of a question of, does anybody object to this? And if anybody does, we're just going to go and find some other term. We're not going to, you know, litigate whether the objection, whether we all personally you know, believe in that objection. It is sufficient that there are people here that object to that. Yeah. And I think the, the only thing I'll add, because those are both great points, is for the first one, when talking about consensus, is not to forget to, if you're in a room, to look around the room and see if you have a good uh, representation of all um, folks in your community because you can quickly reach consensus with, you know, a bunch of people that... Uh, look exactly the same yeah. as you in the room. And that's, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes, at least in, you know, the last, or I don't know how many, how many years, but it's just, I think people think that they're, they're doing a great job and they just, no one has pointed out the fact that, Hey, there's no insert, uh, underrepresented, uh, you know, demographic in the yeah. room. And so everyone thinks, Oh, great. Thumbs up. We did a great job. High fives all around. And it's not until, you know, we, we launch something and then it, it hits a bunch of users and, Oh yeah, we missed that. Why did we miss that? Well, <laughs> we didn't have anyone in the room that would have pointed that out to us. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, very important stuff. It's like inception. It's like inception. There's a podcast inside the podcast. That's where we'll end it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode.